team, but their defense is ranked 32 in every single category right now. Wow. You know that, right? And you saw that. Um, you saw McDaniels yesterday pulling the defense over. It looks like he took it away from him. I've, all the years. The Raiders in seven games I've seen, after watching it for 42 years, gentlemen, I've seen him blow a 20-point lead, a 17-point lead. Yesterday was the one of the, one of the most depressing, embarrassing, and disappointing losses I could ever remember. But we're live, and we're still we going to love the Raiders and move on, John Daly. There we go. So uh, welcome to Daily Fish, everybody. And uh, we're going to jump right in. We've already started jumping right in to talk about the three things in the NFL this past weekend. Fish, obviously your first thing was the devastation of the Raiders. No, Tell that, was, no that was just our bullshit because I can't believe that Harrison couldn't eat a Snickers bar. You're not yourself, buddy. You know, you look <laughs> – all the girls will love you. Chucks, they're disappointed. I'll get a lot of texts right now, but we realize that you're in the process of a move, and we appreciate both you guys being here on Halloween night. Ooh. Three things real quick. The three things I saw in the NFL this weekend, Daily and, and yep. Hard Life, were it's funny how quick the media jumps off the New York bandwagon with the Giants and the Jets losing. See? Even my favorite Martian thought so. Okay. The second thing I saw was the complete deterioration of the second-year quarterback. Trevor Lawrence stunk. Zach Wilson stunk. Matt Jones is mediocre. Uh, Justin Fields is a running back playing quarterback. He's 150, and Trey Lance can't get in the field. And the third thing I saw was, if you guys watched that San Francisco game, Christian McCaffrey looked like an old guy from the 30s, throwing the ball, catching the ball, and running the ball for a touchdown. That's my three. Go. Hard line. Uh, go for it. Uh, so my, so so I'll give you my three. My three is Geno Smith, Geno Smith, Geno Smith, and the Seattle Seahawks just keep finding a way to get it done, no matter what the opposition is. Uh, and and class act to Geno Smith and how much he's really grown up. The fact that they asked him that question about the New York Giants and he said, you know, I want to thank Jerry Reese and Bob McAdoo. You know, what a, what a class act um, to say during your press conference. Second thing is Dak is back. The the I can't believe I'm saying this. The Cowboys actually look better than ever. The, you know they're they're proud. They're neck and neck with the Eagles. So this is going to be a wild ride in the NFC East. And the last thing I say is, can Josh Allen get any better? I mean, he is just kicking butts, chewing bubble gum, and taking names, and he's all out of bubble gum at the, at, at this point. And, and the Packers, I, I really think we're seeing. You know, as I call him all the time, Brett Favre Jr. pulling the Brett Favre, although he's not stealing from poor folks. Uh, I think he's on his way to uh, to getting out of Green Bay pretty soon. Wow, good stuff. All right, and uh, by the way, uh, I'm I'm going to be really boring because I'm going to almost reiterate everything you guys have said. Uh, three things that I have: first, the Eagles. I think the Eagles are for for real. Granted, they played the Steelers. The Steelers, yeah, oh. they're, they're having an off year. Jalen Hurts, to me, compared to last year, he is a real thrower. He can throw darts. He can throw rainbows. Now he's got A.J. Brown. That was one of the best moves in, in uh, the offseason that any team could make. And I really like the Eagles' defense. They have a lot of confusing schemes that are very effective. They could easily go 11-0 and until December because they got coming up. They've got, what, the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts, and the Packers coming up. So that's my number one. Number two, I'm, I'm with you on that uh, hard line. I, I think the Buffalo Bills are real. Uh, I see the Eagles and the Bills really right now. They're the favorites for the Super Bowl. Uh, Josh Allen, he he was great. He was horrible second half, though. But that game was never in any doubt. Um, and I thought the defense, I, th I still think their defense was solid. Um, 
This week's going to be really interesting. They've got to they got to go play the Jets. And that brings me to number three, Fish. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think New York City football had a stumble this weekend. I agree with Hardline. I think the Giants lost to a really good Seattle team. I think Geno is in the upper echelon of quarterbacks now. But the Jets, you know, and kind of you were talking about that. I, I think they're showing signs of inexperience. I kind of see their downfall coming. Zach Wilson is not the quarterback they want. He's just not there. He's like the other ones in the second, but I think he's he's the worst of all the second season quarterbacks. Too many dumb throws. Uh, plus, they're without Brees Hall, the rookie, for the rest of the season. I thought he was fabulous in the first four or five games. Um, I think the Jets do have a somewhat easy schedule. I've got them finishing eight and nine or nine and eight and missing the playoffs. Fish, go ahead. Tell me what you're going to say. I, 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 the, media, this one, the media jumped off the New York bandwagons, and that's fine. That's what they do. It's a play. How dare. See? Is that is that your version of a hard hard line? Wow! <laughs> Christ, what are you doing over there? Sitting on a toilet in the airport doing this show. God bless you. You're like Stanley would do this show in a in an airplane in the toilet. You know, oh, this is great. And I, I have a toilet mouth. Geno Smith is a comeback player of the year. How dare ESPN say he's in the MVP running? And he's having a good as year as Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. He's not. He's having a great year, but he's not an MVP candidate right now. Comeback player of the year, absolutely. Don't absolutely. start this narrative. They're still four and three or five and three. And yep. yeah, it's a great story. What they're fucking up is the fact that they, they're supposed to have a tanking year and with all the great quarterbacks. Geno Smith's going to win 11, 12 games. They're going to have a lousy draft pick. Good. Yeah, yeah, take that. yeah that's true. And I, I also think just the, you know, the 49ers. You know, once once Debo Samuel comes back, can you imagine what that offense is going to be like? Oh my yeah, God! Five out on defense. They're, yeah. Oh, hard line real quick. Well, in between wipes, can you believe how bad? First of all, can you believe how bad the Rams look? Hard line. Four, my cousin Brad was there, and my brother Bobby. Forty-four thousand San Francisco fans, forty-nine mm -hmm. fans were in SoFi yesterday. I'm watching the Giants on this one TV and the Rams on the other. It's a sea of red. L.A.'s lost. The market for L.A. is gone, and the Rams are that bad. What happened, Hardline? Uh, you know what? As I told you before, L.A. fans are fickle. They're very, very fickle fans. That's why they've lost teams multiple times, and, you know, they keep begging them to come back. But the reality is, look, we kind of had an idea this was going to be the Rams. I didn't think that they were going to repeat. Um, and, and people tend to forget, you know, strength of schedule makes a huge Huge difference. You know, they have a much harder schedule this year than they did last year, uh, and, and it's playing a part. And, look, Allen Robinson isn't Odell Beckham. As much as he's getting better, they don't have a run game. They're still trying to trade Cam Akers. They still got to go out there and get a running back. Uh, there's protection issues on the line as well for Matthew Stafford. You know, as, as good as Cooper Cup is looking, and Aaron Donald's still going to be an all-pro, and Jalen Ramsey's doing what Jalen Ramsey's doing, you know, when he's not getting burnt here and there. Uh they're, they're just who they are. And so, look, they went all in. They got the chip that they wanted last season. But now it's going to be a downhill slide, at least for the next couple of years, until they can either get some picks or they can get some free agents that want to come and play in L.A. Um, and until they get those those situations taken care of, the offensive line, uh, you know, offensive weapons, it, it's going to be the same situation. I'm not surprised. And, look, 49ers, Steeler fans, they travel. So, you know, this is a, a, a divisional rivalry game. It's not surprising. I still got, in my opinion, the 49ers, for the most part, going to the Super Bowl to represent the NFC. Um, I don't think outside of the Eagles there's a much more together team. Uh, it really just comes to the part of 
does Kyle Shanahan not overthink himself, being honest, moving forward? Yep. Yep. I agree with you on that. All right, folks, welcome to Daily Fish. Coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach, I'm John Daly. He is Eric Fishneider, and we have The Hard Line with John Hardison from the Cost of Winning podcast, all of his sports betting advice as well. Unfortunately, you can't see him because he's uh, he's hiding away somewhere there, but we do have him on audio here. Folks, you got questions or comments, drop them in the chat box. We just had Jesse Hearns, one of the great restaurateurs of the world. He's been on the show before. Drop us a little something there. Uh, but if you're not watching us live or listening to us live, you can email us at dailyfish, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, let's move to topic number B. Uh, any change in our World Series predictions? Game three is tonight in Philly. It's tied at one. Hardline, I'll let you go first. What do you think? You got to stay the uh, same? You know what? I, I think it's the same. I, I'll save the Astros in six. Uh, what I will say is I got Philly tonight winning. Uh, it's hard to go from indoor dome stadium playing in the South to now going to the Northeast, playing in Philadelphia outdoor stadium. I think the weather's going to make a difference. I think tonight's supposed to be high 50s, low 60s. So it, it's a whole different scenario that you got going. I'll take uh, I'll take Philly to win tonight on the plus money. Go for it, Fish. I want the Phillies, but I, I predicted the Astros. I, I, it's a Philly week. When they're not playing the World Series, guys, we got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans Thursday night and Thursday night football. It's all for yeah. the week. Absolutely, yeah. Now, I'm going to stay with the Astros in six as well. Uh, you know, the, the whole Verlander thing, you know, I, I love Verlander. I think he's a great, great pitcher and all that. He's horrible in the World Series. He's never won a World Series game. He's as bad as Clayton Kershaw. Uh, I think the rest of the staff, though, is really good. I like Lance McCullers tonight in Philly. I've got the Astros winning tonight on the road. All right. Uh, topic number C or topic letter C and whatever we want to call it here. Taunting penalties have gotten out of control. Fish, give me your take on this because you were the one that brought I, I, this I, up. I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm pissed off in all sports. I mean, I saw Allen Robinson for the Rams just point his finger, got a taunting penalty. The worst I've ever seen, they got they to stop this altogether is, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of the XFL players. P.J. Walker, throw, for your Carolina Panthers, John, throws an unbelievable Hail Mary to D.J. Moore. The kid takes his helmet off to go crazy, and they throw a 15-yard penalty. Let yeah. these guys play the game and show Well, they're all in college, you know, the, the, the poor kicker had to make a 35-yard, you know, uh, extra point. He missed it. But still, it's, that's not the point. The point is they're calling talented penalties. Let these guys talk to each other. It, it's, it's, it, let these guys do what they have to do. As long as you're not standing over a guy that's injured and doing something like that, that's taunting. But come on. Let, let there be street cred. Let them do what they have to do. It doesn't take away from the game. I agree with you. I think taunting is really part of the game. Sometimes you get someone to give you a gift, like a penalty or an ejection from the game because you, you taunted them. Sometimes it's it's good strategy. Hardline, what do you think about taunting? Look, you're talking to a guy that's a Miami fan. So for me, you know, at the end of it all, look, I, I'm tired of this idea of, of we got to show sportsmanship and camaraderie. Look, not all teams are created equal. Some teams just suck. And it's okay to let another team know that they suck. Let them know. As long as you're winning and you can back it up. Hey, taunt, taunt, gyrate. I still don't think uh, Jamal Williams should have gotten that penalty for the Lions for pumping his, you know, pumping his crotch three times. So what? Nobody was in the end zone. He got the touchdown. Let him have fun. You're taking all the fun away from the game. What was it about 10 years ago? They were trying to to crack yeah. down on it, and more and more people got upset about it and kept letting the NFL know, you know, look, don't make yourself the no-fun league again. Let people have fun. 
let people do what they want to do so long as they're not you you know going after additional players or doing anything to additional players on the team you know look if i want to be sauce gardener and i want to put a cheese hat on and go jump in the crowd let me do that stop trying to find everyone i love it all right speaking of taunting how about the exploitations that we're seeing on social media fish you you were the one who brought this up what are you seeing yeah. this is what? final boarding call for flight 275 leaving las vegas for austin texas we're looking for uh passenger john hardison he's taking his shit your bathroom no <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one next to what they do the shoe shines all right i will never do this on daily fish i can't speak for you two guys i am tired i mean we John, in your social circle, Horace in your social circle, and your family, we all know people that have gotten divorced. I don't give a shit about Tom Brady's divorce. I hate this social media shit and this voyeurism that we're in and pop culture that we have to get into Tom Brady's divorce. That's a personal thing. You know, I care about Tom Brady, what he does in the field. He's out handing food out the other day to kids on his day off. I mean, that's, that's more of a story to me. Why are we so concerned again? The royal family and Tom Brady and his divorce, okay? John, I know you have family members and you have friends. I haven't been divorced yet. She should have 45 times, but you haven't either. And the hardest and we're lucky. But we all have family members and we all have friends who got divorced. It's a private thing. Let's open up to you. I think we should stay the fuck out of it. And I'm not talking about it on this show other than defending their rights to their privacy. Yeah, I, I would agree. And again, it goes back to, you know, the housewives of Beverly Hill, the housewives of Qatar that they're doing now. It's all it's all entertainment and, and they want to get into people's lives. And what they're doing so they're they hater. can do it. Wrong. They're haters. Well, the people they're like, people fail. I'm sorry, Tom Brady's the best of what he did. All right. Yeah. And you want to see, oh, look, he's just like us. He has these problems, too. He gets sick. He's got 11 concussions. Let him live his life and just give a shit what he does on the field. I agree with you, John. Yeah. yeah. What do, you, what do you think, Hardline? Give us your take. Nine times out of ten, I wouldn't care. The only time that I care is when it affects uh, your productivity. And look, I, I know it's a private matter. I know it's something that he's going through, but it has affected his productivity on the field, you know, unfortunately. Look, you know, unfortunately, he played Thursday night football. Friday, they announced they finalized it. Do I think that it had an effect on him playing last Thursday? More than likely so. And so, unfortunately, okay. that goes on there. Now, am I going to comment about his kids? or his wife, or what his wife and him shouldn't have done. No, that's none of my business. That's up to him. But in terms of, look, you can see that it affects his game. That's about as far as I think that you make the comment and you go from there. I don't think we need to know the why or the reasons, you know, leading up to this decision. I think that's between them and a private matter. But if it's affecting his productivity, yeah, just make the comment and move on. So when when they played Carolina and he had nine drop passes and Mike Evans dropped the pass, is that on Tom Brady? No. No, it's not all on Tom Brady. That was a whole team effort. All right. Well, and who the team may have been affected. All right, here we go. All right, let's go to our one of our what's becoming one of our favorites. It's called the memes of the week. What have you been eyeing this week, Fish? So you know, I finally found a couple of memes that I think are terrific. And everyone, you know, we we'll look at my background. When we were a kid in the seventies, we didn't have any of this, you know, the, the, the two TVs, but we had posters on our wall. I found the poster that was on my wall. This is what on all the kids' walls. Oh yeah. Remember yeah. that? That's Farrah Fawcett. That's one of the Charlie's Angels, Lee Major's wife. You know, mm-hmm. now that today that is, you know, that's cons- today it's not considered risque. Now you got girls that have, you know, you're on your wall that have their vaginas pierced and tattoos of John Daly next to their left leg, saying "I wish," but that doesn't happen. But that's that. Let me show hey, you. Fish, a, I see some glue stains on that poster. Did uh, you hang uh, it up, wrong? 
You want you want to see a stud? I I was a page one year at ABC. I got a chance to work on this show called Family Feud. This is Richard Dawson. Now okay. Steve Harvey is leaving this franchise. I think Steve Harvey was terrific for Family Feud. This guy Richard Dawson got away with something, guys. You know they would never get away with nowadays in this woke culture. John Daly remembers when he met a contestant, he would kiss him on the lips. The girls, right? And if he had a tryst with one or two of them, it is who knows if I ever. Uh, dress rooms, those are the 70s, but he used to go, hello, love. And those kisses sometimes, they were, it was crazy. That's a stud. All right. Trivia, yeah, trivia question. What, what, what TV show was he on that he was an actor? Hogan's Heroes. Very good. Knocking it dead. Very good. Cool. All right. All right. So I, I, a couple of Raiders from the organization texted me and said, how do you feel about the Raiders? And I said, well, you watch the same game I did. This is my face in lieu of Halloween daily. This is my official. Pumpkin <laughs> face. Right. Oh, look the at that. It looks like E.T. E. <laughs> Check this out. This, read this meme out, Daily. Tell us our listening. Don't cry. It's only a movie. Don't cry. It's only a football game on the second one. Yes. So the so first one, the, guy, the guy's consoling the lady. She's crying. She's watching a movie that, that's sad or you know, sentimental. The other one, the guy's in a fetal position, and she's consoling him. Because this football team lost. Oh, I love that. Okay, a couple more. Um, this is great. The Sound of Music was a big film in the 60s. Probably all you found that. So this is this is Julie Andrews. She says, I'm so glad I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I did and said so much dumb shit, and there's no record of it anywhere. <laughs> hey, hard on. You can see this, right? I know this is great. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Check out the Lakers. This came out. This is the Lakers. <laughs> Check out AD. Anthony Davis in the wheelchair. Now, I don't know if LeBron looks like either Bill Cosby or Danny Glover. <laughs> yeah. No, man, yeah. But the, Lakers, the Lakers, thank God, got in the winning track. And that's our memes. That's beautiful. All right. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us here on Daily Fish. We talk sports, entertainment, and politics, everything in between, just like you do. No woke, no extreme, no social justice cops here. You have a problem with us, suck it up. You have a question or comment, drop them in the chat box. Or if you're joining if you're joining us live, otherwise, email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, time now for our schmuck of the week. All right, Fish, who's been schmucky? Well, it, it's a neighborhood. Uh, I'm pissed off at them. This is this is a big holiday today for kids, and these are these are trick-or-treaters. This is a big time for kids right here, right? Look at that. Those great costumes. These kids are so yeah. excited. They get to wear costumes to school. Here, check this out there, Big Hardison, while you're taking your dump in an airport and you're missing your flight. A Michigan neighborhood, a Michigan neighborhood shut down trick-or-treating festivities this year after a vacant house on the block became overrun with cockroaches, sparking fears the vermin would travel home with the revelers. Hang on. It doesn't matter, quote, it doesn't matter whether you're a tiny person, a hoarder, roaches come on all these houses, Becky Wallace, who lives near the infested house, infested house in Wyandotte, I guess is a suburb of Detroit, Hardline. Yeah, the city's located 11 miles south of Detroit. City officials decided to cancel trick-or-treating near 20th Street, closing, closing sidewalks in the area on Monday due to the infestation. Officials for people could step on cockroach eggs and spread them throughout the area. I call bullshit. Let these kids do what they have to do. Schmuck. There you go. That out, a, that's our schmuck of the week. A neighborhood. First time in the neighborhood's been a, been a schmuck of the week. All right. Now we turn to who's got the swag. Who are we celebrating this week, Fish? We're celebrating. I love this. I always say I love it because it's always something. It's always a great story. And when mm -hmm. I show you this picture, 
I can get it, my computer starts working, right? This gorilla right here, all right, that's Helen. Helen just passed away yesterday. She's the oldest Western lowland gorilla in the United States. She died at the age of 64. And she lived most of her life at the Louisville Zoo in Louisville, Kentucky. And they had to euthanize her yesterday because her quality of life declined several months due to natural aging. It's, it's amazing they could live to 64 years old. That's great. Yeah. But she was in great health most of her life. And she was the most caring. She was one of these, these, these animals that would actually talk, you know, to actually converse with kids when they came and had an actual great personality. And it changed a lot of people's lives, Helen did. They brought people with mental illness and Helen would come up with their arm around them and stuff like that. So it doesn't always have to be a person that has swag. It could be an animal that makes people happy. Rest in it. peace. That's a great one. Beautiful. All right. And now we're going to toast, we're going to toast Helen with our drink of the week. So Fish, what are we, uh, what are we say? I don't know, a hard line. You have, do you have your drink there? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I got one hand going. <laughs> <laughs> you, missed your flight. you just missed your flight, shithead, just saying the thing. This is an orange popsicle. <laughs> Picked all my shit. Anyways, an orange popsicle, and we'll tell where's it later. Um, basically, what this is, this is a uh, mandarin orange. Okay, very, very good Halloween drink. Mandarin orange, amaretto, another orange liqueur. Put some orange juice in there. Look at Bailey. Bailey put some whipped cream. That's a, that's a great little addendum to it, right? Well, you, yeah, you can actually do it a couple. You can do like a vanilla vodka with just orange soda and then put some whipped cream on top. I just put it on top because it looks good. So, but I'm going to do it. If I do it, it's going to get all over my nose. But uh, anyway, here's here's to Helen uh, with the orange popsicle and uh, God bless her. So here we go. Just remember our drink of the week. Uh, can I do another? Can I do another toast when we do this? Oh, absolutely. I want to do a toast. I want to say rest in peace to a good friend of yours and a good friend of the show. And we do a show called Undercover Jet Setter. And we lost a good person in Richard Anzalone. And Absolutely. to his family and friends on Halloween, we toast you because on John's other show, Undercover Jet Setter, he goes to a lot of locations with his wife, Susan. And they tell you about the drinks like this that they make and the Shucks Taverns, which he's on a piece on. So, Richard, rest in peace. You went out in Hawaii in the ocean the way the fish would like to go. Absolutely. To Richard, thank you. Mm. All right. Our Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shucks Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town. Where fish is overnight, say Daily Fish Podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. All you have to do is check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. Get yourself up there. And also, we're going to talk about Chucks a little bit, too, because they have the Last Man Standing contest as well. Again, folks, this is Daily Fish. We are on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can subscribe there. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. You can watch us also on Facebook, Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can check us out on uh, Wingding TV. And then also we are on Hey Vegas TV. So check us out there as well. Also, check out our posts. Uh, we've got posts on uh, Facebook and we're also on Twitter as well. So we'll give you a ton of information and give you updates on what's going on with the show and also maybe what's going on with Twitter. All right, now let's get some bet from the Daily Fish Hardline. He is John Hardison. He has the podcast Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and also sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts as well with his podcast, but he's always with us. 
And uh, he's going to also give us a, a little election bets at some point uh, later on here. A hard line, unfortunately, we can't see you, but your voice is here. That's all that matters. As long as you're here with us, that's the best part. So World Series game three tonight. You kind of gave us a little uh, inkling. Um, what are you picking tonight? You, I, I think you said you were going to go with the, uh, with the Phillies at home. I'll go with the Phillies at home. I just think that, look, you're, you're playing outside. It's a, it's a difference of weather, you know, playing in an indoor stadium. When you consider it a place like Tampa Bay or, or Houston, it makes a difference. You know, your hands aren't as cold. The ball isn't as hard. You know, the bat's not doesn't feel as heavy. I think going out to Philly, you know, a team that, that's used to being in the South and last the last two World Series that they played in, one, they were going back and forth between Atlanta. The other one, they were um, – they dealt with LA, you know, now you're going to Northeast. It's, it's a whole different ball game. I think that the Phillies are more in their element, at least in this game. until the Astros get comfortable. I'm going with the Phillies tonight. All right. Uh, let's go to the NFL tonight, Monday night football tonight, a game for fishes and my families, uh, the Browns versus the Bengals. What are you picking tonight? Uh, you know what? I'm going with the Bengals. Uh, I go with the Bengals plus three. I think the Browns aren't bad. I think if they could get Nick Chubb going, that definitely helps. Uh, their situation, especially with Amari Cooper. Uh, I know we're getting towards, was this week eight in the NFL right now? So we got a couple more weeks until you guys get Watson back, which might make a difference uh, depending on certain circumstances. But I think tonight with Joe Burrow, what he was able to put on last week, yes, there's no Jamar Chase. Uh, so if anybody's playing Jamar Chase, definitely take a look at that because of the hip injury. But I do have faith in T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon to get it done. All right, buddy. Is the hot? Is the seat getting hot? And one of the games you're going to pick on Sunday is Seahawks and the Cardinals. You got them. The Seahawks plus two and two, two and a half. Is the seat getting hot for Kingsbury if he loses this game? Yeah, it, it's getting hot. Um, you know, I, there was what two weeks ago where they had the uh, they finally got the audio and the video of Kyler Murray yelling at Cliff Kingsbury, saying you're saying you're effing up. Uh, like, what are you doing out there? When your quarterback is telling that to your head coach, that's not a good sign of things to come. They've got a lot of talent on that team. Uh, they traded for Hollywood Brown. They've got DeAndre Hopkins. They had James Conner. They have uh, Kyler Murray. You have a lot of talent on this team, and uh, the defense is keeping you there, but it's something with the offense that's really stagnant this year. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's just Kingsbury's offense is becoming more simplistic or you know people aren't buying in and they're not believing in him anymore. But I think that, look, if they don't make the playoffs, which is trending that way, I think that he's gone after the end of the season. Cool. So who are you picking? Uh, you know what? I'm going with the Seahawks plus two and a half. I think that, you know, look, I'm going to believe in Geno Smith. I've been waiting on the bottom to fall out a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know what? They're legitimate. Their defense is playing well. Kenneth Walker III is playing extremely well. Tyler Lockett has had a resurgence along with DK Metcalf. So I got to go with Seattle this week. All right. Uh, Packers-Lions. What do you got in that one? Uh, you know what? As funny as this is going to be. I'm actually going to take the Lions. Nine times out of ten, I'll take the Lions on the points. I would think that the Lions are going to get the crap kicked out of them, but I don't know if the Packers are just tanking at this point, hoping to get a higher draft pick, or this is just really how bad the team is under LaFleur this season because one guy left and went to Las Vegas. But I, I think the Lions at least get this win. I think the season isn't as abysmal as, as we're looking at right now. Maybe a win over the Packers is, is a feel-good win, but I think the Lions get it done. Can you give me this? I got a question that, that, that David and I want to ask you, but we want to you know, get this quick. So we'll ask you the Bills and Jets, but after the Bills and Jets, um, I'm hearing some big chatter on the trade. The trading deadline is now 
23 Tomorrow. and a half hours away in the NFL. Yep. Yeah, here's John. It's 10 o'clock daily our time, so 1 o'clock your time uh, on the East Coast. But I'm hearing everything with the Raiders, including Devontae Adams back to the Packers for a one. Wow. Could you see that happening? Go Ooh. Bills, Jets, and give me some of the guys that you think um, could be traded tomorrow. Because I hear it's a fire sale right now with the Raiders. Uh, so if if anybody's going to be traded tomorrow, I could see Kareem Hunt going from the from the Browns. I know they got a contract negotiation issue with that. Uh, I know there was a the Kansas City Chiefs at the beginning of the year. We're talking about it. The Bills could be a strong candidate because they need a better pass catcher out of the backfield, and he's pretty good at pass pro as well. I don't think that Alvin Kamara is going to be on the road going no anywhere. Uh, I think that they just want so much for him. It's not going to happen. I can see Raquan Smith from the uh, Chicago Bears going. I can see a team like the Ravens beefing up, especially because the Chicago Bears just trade their other linebacker to the Eagles uh, and maybe even a team if they can make some room like the Rams. Right now, you're looking at any team that's going to make a move is going to be one that's a French team that's just hoping to back in or going to the playoffs as well. Uh, and I could also see – I'm trying to think who else. I could see uh, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore has been linked to maybe going to the Packers as an opportunity as well. And maybe Elijah Moore ends up in San Francisco. Maybe they want some firepower. He's a young guy. He's only 22, still has a lot of opportunity ahead of him. Uh, and I know the Jets want to get rid of him because this has been a terrible saga going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what about the Bills-Jets? What are you picking on that one? Or did you say it and I missed it? You know what? I, it's, it's a divisional game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills. I just think that they have more firepower. I don't think that, as you hinted to earlier, that Zach Wilson is ready. I don't know if it's just because he missed most of last year because of the injuries, and this is kind of like a makeup kind of rookie season where he's kind of getting his feet wet. Um, but I just don't think that they're stopping the Bills. I know a lot of people had an idea that maybe the Jets would beat uh, Belichick yesterday, and Belichick did what Belichick does best, which is he bought the team yet again for another year. Okay, very good. Let's move on to the last man standing. Uh, the last man standing at Chuck's Tavern, we, we've been doing. Uh, Daily Fish took the Eagles, and we easily survived. Fish, where do we stand on this? I, this first week, I think everyone that – there's 10 people left, and we're in week nine. I've never seen that. It's always – it's like 15, 20 people. Real quick, 10 people, all 10 people, I believe, won. One guy took Atlanta. That was a great game. Wow. Yeah, that the rest was, was Philly, that was Philly or Buffalo hard line, and, they, you know, Buffalo said Philly game was over at halftime. So we're all moving forward. All righty. Um, so let's um, we'll, we'll do we'll do NBA next week. I want to get to more college football because I think one of the biggest games of the year is coming up and could be the best game of the year uh, is when Tennessee heads to Georgia. They're going to be in Athens. What are you picking on that one? Hardline. You know what? I know Georgia's plus nine. I don't trust that. I'm sorry. Georgia's minus nine. I don't trust that minus nine. I, I'm going to bet Georgia money line. Uh I think they've been in enough high-pressure situations, and I think Kirby Smart is coaching enough high-pressure situations that he gets it done. Uh, I don't think that Tennessee has been. I think that they're getting to that point, and I don't think that that head coach is going to out-coach Kirby Smart. But I would not be surprised maybe if Tennessee plays a little close to the chest. You know, Maybe they get that run game going. Stenson Bennett, the fourth, hasn't been the best passer this season compared to last season. But I'm going to go with Georgia. I just think that Georgia finds a way to get it done. UCLA is bowl eligible. They're seven and one, aren't they? Yeah. We don't see that often. Wow. Yeah. We're playing ASU, and ASU's got a lot of problems. Herm Edwards is gone, and you got you got UCLA minus ten and a half. You like that? 
Yeah, you know what? I, I think that this is going to be a blowout for UCLA. I think that UCLA is, is the better team. Dorian Thompson-Smith or Dorian Thompson, uh, Robinson Thompson, I think he's really good. I mean, he's solid. The, you know, I watched them play Stanford the other day, and they just took it to Stanford on Saturday night. Uh, and I think Stanford's a much better team than Arizona State is. Uh, I would go with uh, the minus 10.5. I think they cover. Uh, what I wouldn't go with is the over. I don't think that Arizona State can manufacture enough scoring to make it even close to that. All right, Houston versus uh, Southern Methodist. Uh, this should be this should be a really high scoring game. What do you got on that? Yeah, so on this game, I'm taking the over at 67 and a half. I just think that this is going to be fireworks. They're both really good teams. Uh, I'm not saying the Pony Express is back, but they're looking dang good down there uh, in Dallas. I think that they put up a fireworks show. I would not be surprised as after the fourth quarter, we got something like 14-17 that quickly in terms of scoring or 2020. I think that this is the game that you bet the over with this weekend. All right, cool. We've got uh, about two minutes left, and we got to let Hardline go, and then Fish and I will finish up. But I want to do a little bit on the Nevada elections, which are coming up. They are saying they're too close to call in Nevada, two big races for Senate uh, and governor. The latest polling has a Republican challenger, Adam Laxalt, leading Democratic U.S. Senator Catherine Cortez Mastro, 49.8% to 45.6%. Governor's race has Joe Lombardo, leading Democratic Governor Steve Sisolak, 50, like 51 to about 44. So um, Hardline, before you go, do you have predictions on that? Uh, so you know what? It, it's super close in terms of the margin of error. I do think in terms of the governor race, I think that Lombardo does win. Um, I know that there's a lot of issues in terms of Sisolak, especially with everything in terms of the COVID protocol and everything that happened. There's a lot of people that I've talked to around the different parts of Nevada where their answer is, uh, I don't like Lombardo, but I like Sisolak less. So unfortunately, it's the lesser of two evils where I do think Lombardo probably does win. And Nevada usually is red, you know, in terms of that anyway. It was just kind of something different when Sisolak won. Uh, if Sisolak does win, I wouldn't be super surprised, but I would be kind of shocked in, in that sense. In terms of Mastro, it's a coin flip right now. Uh, I'd probably say she probably ends up regaining her seat. I know it's close. Uh, but Laxall has ran a couple different times for a couple different positions and it necessarily hasn't worked out. I think that she probably ends up keeping her seat. Fish, tell me yours. Well, Sisolak, uh, the Democrats always had the culinary union backing them. And the way he handled COVID and he kept the casinos open and kept local bars shut down. So the culinary union's huge. So he's going to have that backing. It's so close. It's a coin flip on, on everything. With 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 uh, Sherry yeah. Lee and, and and Becker in Vegas, it's a coin flip. It's going right down to the wire. I wouldn't be shocked either way um, of any of these uh, of elections how it goes. Okay, all right, very good. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of my opinion a little later on. We're gonna go, but we got to let Hardline go. Hardline, thanks, buddy. We'll have you on next week as we always do. But great to have you. Great picks and all that. Always. Can't wait, you guys. You guys enjoy your week of football. Can't wait to see you guys. Love you guys. Love the fans. Right back at you. Back, All right. back at you, man. And that is the Daily Fish Hardlines with John Hardison. Again, he has the Cost of Winning podcast. You can find him here with us also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Hardline would normally stick around and get in some contra controversy with us, but unfortunately, where does he have to go? Is he going somewhere or is he? Uh... He's got to catch his next flight. I'm like, you're the toilet for you know, so, OK, well, and that's that's the way it should be. You know, it John, you know, John, you have experience in that. You know, you're 
Like, your your Southwest flight had a circle over Burbank. We didn't know how to get you out of the goddamn toilet. You know, I was there. So. Absolutely. And before we move on, hey, just want to talk about the One Glove. Get a grip on your game with this revolutionary new golf club. It's called the One Glove. Notice the fingers it covers. Long drive competitors are using it. You get a better feel for the grip. Plus, you don't have to take it off when you're chipping and putting. You can wash it. It lasts three times longer. Plus, women golfers love it. It doesn't cover their rings, and it also doesn't hurt their nails. To get the One Glove, go to the One Glove Golf. I'm sorry, the One golfglove.com and put in the code daily fish you'll get a deal that is the one golfglove.com promo code daily fish all right folks we're going to get into a little political controversy and some stuff of what's going on here one of the things and i, I want to let hardline go but I, I wanted to mention to you because of my years of covering uh, politics in in nevada i don't trust the polls there um, one of the things I remember back in, in 2010, Harry Reid, who has since passed away, was a senator. Uh, the polls had him down six percentage points to Sharon Engel about three days before the election. And Harry Reid won by six points. How, how does that happen? How do you have a 12-point swing? And I, I don't know if it's just people back in Nevada just, you know, never told the truth or the uh, the system of, of how you did polling was, was just way off. I actually agree with, with Hardline. Now, I think Cortez Mastro actually hangs on and beats Laxalt, but I do think Lombardo is going to beat Sisolak. So I think it's going to be really interesting, and we will definitely be watching it because uh, uh, it's going to be, we'll be on next Monday, which will be the day before the election. So we'll have some other stuff on there as well. Um, Fish, let me ask you this. Are you worried about these elections? Because um, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of chaos and, and maybe there is going to be a threat to democracy. I mean, are you worried about that? Look, if everyone had a disposition, see this this beautiful dog. Is your dog? Let's get our dogs on the show. Yeah, That's Nike's right here. Molly. Where's Nike? Nike dog. So I have my dog, Molly, my golden retriever. She's four years old. My wife and I have always had goldens because we just love their disposition they're great with kids they're great with people they're always in a good mood all right this is the perfect animal to have if you're a raider fan because <laughs> you're always going to be good and it's unconditional love and i wish people had look at that look at nike that now john's dog well i'll get you, i'll answer your question my dog's form basically as a puppy now look at that that's a 15 year old dog it's yeah. been with john john was living in vegas and i remember a nike dog so yeah. We, we dedicate, you know, we, we talked about Helen the gorilla. Um, if people had these dispositions of these two, I don't consider them animal. I consider them family. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be worried. But yeah. I look at the social media, the fact that, and we'll talk about Twitter in a little bit. You know, I, I see these things coming out. Whether you're a Republican or Democrat, and John, and I want your, hear what I have to say about this. What happened to Paul Pelosi the other day, was abysmal. And you have, I, I've seen posts on Twitter, people saying it's hammer time. And they've hammered and they said more, oh, look at this. People worry about guns, but some guy walked them with a hammer. I go, where's the compassion in people anymore? A guy an inch away from his life was taken that some asshole walked in his place, invaded his space, his home, and, and bludgeoned him with, with a hammer and want to go after his wife. I don't understand where compassion is. So you ask me, is there any chaos going on yeah because people don't give a shit about each other and i see it at the bar i hit them when they talk 
There's no, you know, our, our the days of uh, of uh, us having that on our wall. There's there's more vitriol on your wall right now, and your wall is on your Facebook page. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely right. I'm I'm a little I'm a little frightened. I do think that. Uh, oh really? You know, yeah. Yeah. Not. Um, you know, not many Republicans denounced the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. And they, they or when they did it, they did it with a little caveat there uh, that kind of made fun. Um, there's, you know, these these elections could mean we become a nation ruled by far right Christian biblical beliefs. Um, and to me, that's what's scary. And again, I was raised Catholic. So I, I, again, I don't have any problem with Catholic religion, but what's morphed into this religion that a lot of the Republicans have taken on, uh, to me, is 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 a little scary. There's a great book out there called The Power Worshippers. I read the book. It was fascinating. It was by Catherine Stewart. And she goes back to show that the extremist right political effort was designed originally to keep minorities from voting. And this is all the way back in the 1970s. And all those people who are now part of this, in 1973 to 1979, they were for Roe v. Wade. They agreed with the Roe v. Wade decision, but they changed their tactics on that because they thought abortion was going to be a better issue to gather political power. And now they have that. And really what this book is saying is that the whole abortion issue is really to get to keep minorities from voting. It's a fascinating thing. I would go take a look at it. If anybody gets a chance, you want to pick something up like that. Um, but we seem to be getting a lot more violence uh, on the right. A lot of people say, oh, no, no, it's Black Lives Matter. It's, you know, the communists, the socialists. Uh, Max Boot, who is a conservative columnist, he just had a great uh, column. Uh, I think it was, it was actually this morning. Uh, he says the media tries to, to weigh the left violence as equal to the right. He says there's no way. He says there's more violence from right wing and Christian nationalist group. And, and many of those people are going to be putting in people who are going to be in national and state officials. And they're going to be the ones who are going to be controlling a lot of our laws, certainly a lot of our elections. Um, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm not a lefty at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but the extreme right, uh, I think, is I think it's a scary thing. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next week because. My gut tells me is that if they don't win, they're going to call for, you know, major, I don't know if it's going to be violence or it's going to be something connected to it. And if the Republicans do take over, I mean, you're going to see a lot of things, I, I think, change that are going to be very frightening to a lot of people. Okay. Ever since I've known you since 2000, you, you, you think the world's going to end every year. You're the nicest guy on the planet. You live your life and give to people, but there's a nuclear war or, or a plague when coronavirus happens. Here it is, finished, it's over. Okay, that's great. What we've lost, the chaos is, is we've lost open-mindedness. That's what it is. Everyone has to be right. The right, the left have to be right. If Trump says something or DeSantis says something or any Republican says something or Mitch McConnell to John Boehner, anyone, Steve Bannon, they can't, they double down when they've been proven wrong and the same on the left also. Okay, there's left people that said gas has always been seven dollars in California. Okay, if we can't get over the fact that we can't admit we're wrong in politics, then the whole thing, the whole system breaks. I was born, I was my my mom and dad were hippies, and we, you know, it, it was like you you. If I learn something, 
and and it's fact-checked. And I, a lot of things I have to say is fact-checked. But if I learn something, I learn something from you, and I think that's a great – John Daly just opened my mind to something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it. The big chaos with me is everyone has to be right, okay? If Donald Trump is convicted, indicted of January 6th, there's going to be the whole legion that said that it's a hoax, it never happened, you know, and if he doesn't, if he didn't, if he isn't, there's a chance he's not. You know, Merrick Garland's going to be the most important person. I want to ask you that question after this. What do you think that's going to come down? I have a problem. You know how I feel about politicians. It's all agendas. So can we open our minds and say, maybe this is a Republican that's got great ideas. This Democrat has a great idea. Will you vote out of your party if you like the person and they agree with you? I don't know. You know, can you see a Trumper ever voting for Biden? Or can you see a Biden ever voting for a Trumper? You know, um, no. there's great there's great people in the Democratic Party that I like. OK, OK. I like Pete Buttigieg. OK, I like Adam Kemziger a lot in the Republican Party. Great. OK, so I voted both ways my whole life. I don't know about you, John. I'm getting personal here. Mm-hmm. But I, my first vote was 1980. And I voted for Reagan. I met him. We talk college football. I was a page at ABC when I was there. He walked in for this week at David Brinkley. You know, and he looked at me and he goes, I, I, never, knew, I never knew that. I never knew you yeah, talked about it. Me and my uh, fellow page, John Paye, are sitting there. And he walked in. He talked about USC, UCLA, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. I like that. I'm 20 years old. I voted both ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've known John that you go both ways. But we won't talk about that. Oh. But anyways, I, I, I wish people would have open minds and like I do. And just if, if a person's right, don't don't bully people. Go. I'm talking too much. Yeah, unfortunately, we've you know everybody's got an agenda. Uh, I think a lot of it goes back to the Citizens United uh, Supreme Court ruling that said it you know freedom of speech for whatever you whoever you want to donate. So it it allowed a lot of wealthy people uh, to control a lot of different things. And what they've done is they've really kind of polarized us uh, on a ton of issues, and then add social media to it, and then add the news media to me, which. And, and again, one of the things I wrote about in my book is how they they have a sports and entertainment bias. It's not so much a left-right bias. It's a sports and entertainment bias. And they try to entertain you rather than informing you. So all you're doing is inflaming people. And we've got it now where there's probably not even 10% of the people are either neutral, moderate, or undecided. And most of them don't really give a crap. So they're probably not even going to vote. So it's going to come down to the kids don't give a shit. I'm around kids more than you are. They don't give a. They're not voting. They don't care. Yeah. You know what they care about that they're taking their paychecks and got to pay six, seven dollars for gas. That's what they. And I, you did too when you're 18 or 19. You know, you don't think about the things. You think an 18 or 19 year old works at church cares about Ukraine and the war? No, I didn't. Yeah. When I was 18 or 19. I was 20 years old when the Soviets went to Afghanistan. You were a kid too. I mean, yeah. you just. It's everyone has their own agenda. And it's, it, it's the same thing. You know, I know a lot of people that say my parents tell me to vote this way. That's horrible. Yeah. Have an open mind. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people, and I, I think we talked about this earlier, I think one of the big changes we need in uh, in our country is we need to tar- start teaching civics again. They need to know what's going on in government because most people don't have an idea. When you have, you've got senators, you got a senator from Alabama who was a former football coach at Auburn. He didn't know what the three branches of government are. It's like, really? And I would say the majority of people don't have an idea. 
It's the Senate, the House, and, and Congress, right? No. <laughs> okay. It's the Senate, the House. And what am I missing? Oh, I know what it is. The it's NCAA election committee. It's, it's the executive, the congressional, which considers, which is the House and the Senate, and then it's also the judiciary. So those are the three branches of government. I'm an idiot. I should know that. I will tell you this. I go, I'm, I'm going to double down on you. You're right. Civics is great. I watched, I told you this on our watch this morning. I watched a great Bill Maher, politically, politically incorrect. And Richard Driver says 11 years ago, why is civics taken out of California schools? It's going to hurt us. I think every kid between the ages of 15 and 17 should go in the military. You want to teach discipline? 30 countries on the planet do this. All right. And until you do that and you teach kids what it's like to have respect and civility in civics, we're, we're, we're heading down a, we're heading down a chaotic path. Yeah. It's funny. I, uh, I did a radio show when I was still in Vegas. This would be the early 2000s. I filled in for somebody. And that was one of the things I said. I said, I think we need that because it would create order. I mean, you cannot believe the hate calls I got. Me too. Like, and they don't want it. You know, you're controlling my kids. You're putting them in there. But at the same time, too, uh, we need order in our lives. And a lot of these kids, you know, this this would actually help them with the job. I can remember my dad. My dad was in, in World War II. And after World War II, uh, you know, he eventually ended up working. And all of his buddies had a skill. And it was because of the war. And I think that helped propel that economy from the 50s and 60s all the way up to the 70s was because of these guys and gals who were in World War II who actually had a skill. And that actually uh, jumped the economy. So I do think we need that because we need some order. And I think also... Kids need to, you know, serve the country. Um, well, you know, it's, it's not, I, I agree with you. It's not so much that, but in these camps, they do that they're proposed by certain electoral people. Between the ages of 15 and 18, I'm right. You either learn, a, they, you figure that you have, they figure you either learn a trade or you have enough credit to go on mm -hmm. to, to go to college, but you're learning something. You know, we have the biggest shortage on the planet per capita of plumbers mechanics and electricians you know and it, it's it's getting to the point where it's getting like you know what it's epidemic level that what do you do if you have no plumbers and no electricians and you have no uh mechanics who's going to fix your car you know i i what's happening where where where's the work ethic and we're going on a different tangent here but it all it all doubles down and it all goes back to in a circle to chaos if it doesn't happen well, I'm beginning to see, so here in North Carolina, they are really pushing not only community colleges, uh, but also the uh, the STEM high schools here are really pushing things like automotive, uh, culinary. Um, they're also pushing uh, computer security. So a lot of these kids are getting these hands-on uh, skills now that are new, but also old. So they're really beginning to see that. And... Um, you know, my concern is is that you know hopefully they're going to be able to get good wages, so that because at that you know back ago they those weren't exactly good wages, but I think they can be now. That's going to also hurt a little bit on the inflation side, but I think it's going to get more people, more young kids working with a skill, and I think that's a good thing. Um, I'd love for them to make sure that they they're going to study civics as well, so they know what's going on, so they can go vote. So, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, Elon Musk just took over Twitter and I watched I was actually watching the podcast when he fired those three executives. It was it was yeah. it was very awkward to watch. 
Yeah. And do you think you're our political analyst on the show? Do you think he's going to uh, take Steve Bannon and Alex Jones and Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene out of Twitter jail? I think eventually, eventually what Musk has said that he's got a whatever the committee is that decides who's been who's been in jail and who isn't. Uh, and then they're going to go over all of them. Uh, but I if I had to guess, I would say yes, I would say that they would they're all going to be part because they're. They're part of Musk's. Ideology, so I, 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 I wouldn't doubt it. Now we're on Twitter and we're going to stay on there. But, you know, at the same time, too, we're going to be voicing our opinions. Will they put us in jail? I don't know. They might. You? What have you ever what have you ever said anything to ever be controversial? You know, actually, you know what? I, I can't remember if it was Twitter or Facebook. One of them, well, one of my uh, sites was informed, not inflamed. And they actually put me in prison for for about a year on, on one of those sites. Now I have other sites that I was posting stuff on. What did you say? I have no idea. I have no idea. Oh, I know okay. I don't. I, don't. I asked. I asked them. All I wrote right. to them. And so now what it was was that you know when I post on a lot of my sites, I, I post both sides. So I may have posted something on one other side that was kind of like, well, I don't know if I want to hear that or something like that. So um, you know, and I, you know, you know, when I post now, I don't post my opinion. I just really post stories that are going out there. Uh, and so, and I'll I'll put on their opinion. This is an opinion piece that somebody wrote, so that yeah. they know that. So, but I haven't. No, I haven't had any problem recently. We have to protect your brand. I get it, John. Do you ever get pissed <laughs> off when you're watching a final season or something? The Walking Dead, after so many years, is having its final season. So, yeah. what are they doing? And I'm watching it. I'm a Walking Dead fan. I'm a, I like zombies. Half the time when I'm watching a Raider game, I turn into one because I can't believe how fucking bad they're playing. So love you, Gabriel Rose. Love the Raiders. They are promoting shows for next year in 2023. So you don't know what the fate of the characters are, but you're already seeing some of the characters are going to be in the shows, you know, uh, uh, some shows that they're going to have as spin-offs, okay? And they're not prequels. I don't get that. Do you? Uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, I already well, know what's going to happen with Daryl and Carol. Daryl and Carol are two big parts. To watch The Walking Dead, and most of our viewers and listeners do, you already know it's that 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 they're going to live because they're in a show next year. Yeah. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Well, and, you know, a lot of them do. I mean, Breaking Bad did that with Better Call Saul. And uh, so there was there was a lot of that to kind of continue the uh, – That was a prequel. That was yeah. a prequel. We got yeah. that. Yeah. By the way, that was great. Have you ever – I asked you a question. Have you ever binge-watched something – and then you got to the last season and you said, this is God awful. I'll say mine first. Dexter's Dexter's last season was God awful. But you had to watch it, right? Because you you got so invested in the characters, you want to see how the storyline ended. Anything with you? I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, Dexter for me was similar. And that's why I, I, I kind of want to watch the, the the new Dexter. I haven't had a chance to yet. Good. It was, good. Was, was, the, was the Americans. Uh, to me, that was great. a great series. For about seven or eight uh, seasons, and then the last season was like, really? That's how you're going out of it? I mean, I thought they were gonna, they, you know, they needed to have like a shootout or somebody defects to the country. If, if you haven't seen the Americans, it's 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 a great series about these Russians who infiltrated and became Americans and were spying for for Russia, and then great you know, show. They go back. Great show. Here's one of the interesting things that, it, it, you know, what I get 
well, I'm not upset about, but I'm, I'm wondering. So Homeland uh, with Claire Danes uh, is, was another great series. I think it finished up maybe about five, six years ago. And the way they finished it was she was part of the CIA, but she had kind of a falling out. So she eventually went to Russia and she fell in love with a Russian guy who was part of Russian intelligence. And then they ended up being together. But at the end of it, you could tell she was still staying in contact with her CIA agents to let them know I'm here. I'm here for you and all that. I, I, now, I, haven't, watched, I haven't watched a fucking show and you just ruined Now you tell me everything. That's great. Well, okay. Sorry about that. All right. Okay. Fiscal and Ebert. But, John. but here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I want to do is I want them to pick that up now that what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. So anyway. I, I like the first season with Damian Lewis. He, he's great. He went on the billions oh, and yeah. he's a great actor. Have you now? You, I know you've been watch, binge watch shows. You have about three minutes here, and and you watch it and watch it. And like you said, you said about the Americans. It hit season six. What the hell happened, right? Yeah. How about how great Shameless was for the first four or five five years, and it 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 went on for ten years, and it, it's just like it got the word, and then and main characters started leaving the show. Emmy Rossum left the show because of the writing. You know, you saw that with Fear the Walking Dead. A lot of people left, but. I guess the whole thing I'm trying to tell you is if you have great ratings, they're going to continue doing it. And it's hard for the writers to keep up. The two shows that I thought were terrific from day one to day done were Breaking Bad with your good friend, Brian Cranston, and The Sopranos. Just just terrific. Good 10-year run. I, I, um, um, the other one I would say, and you got great insight into the producers who were doing it and they were like, you know, we're not going to stretch this out. We're going to kill off characters, even though they're characters that everybody loves because we're going to do it for the story. And it was Boardwalk Empire. And, oh, terrific. And they, did, they went all the way to the end with tension and, and all that. And it was based on a true story. Actually, the Bashimi character really ran Atlantic City. Well, his, his, the way they ended it dramatically oh. wasn't how it ended in real life. Well, it was so great about that is they used real people like Al Pacino, uh, Al Pacino, Al Capone, real characters, and mixed in fictitious yeah. characters. His name was Nucky Thompson during that thing, and it was based on a Nucky something. Steve Buscemi was so there is we always talk about examples of comedic actors in a dramatic role. He was fun. Yeah. I think he won an Emmy for that. That was great. Guess yeah. who? Guess who the executive producer of that was? David Chase, yeah. Tim. Be All the guys that did The Sopranos went to that. You know, so it's great. All right, buddy, what do, you got, what do you got going on this week? We got about a minute and a half. Oh, I'm going to be watching the game coming up uh, as far as the uh, Georgia-Tennessee game. I'm going to be watching uh, the rest of the World Series. So it's 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 going to be a great week. I'm really looking looking forward to it. Um, and then how about you? What are you going to do? Oh, see, I have two TVs, one with the Bo Jackson jersey. That's the World Series. The other one that says Raider Nation and hope the Raiders win sometime in the next 60 years. That's going to be on the Cincinnati Bengals and the Terry Sarah Cleveland Browns tonight. So <laughs> turn the cows, my wife next to me, and we'll we'll binge yeah. you know, all the sound on the World Series and I'll watch the football game. Tonight. Yeah, it's gonna be a good good couple of weeks. So really looking forward to it as well. All right, folks. Hey, we are Daily Fish coming to you from Vegas Myrtle Beach. We hit entertainment politics and everything in between. All you gotta do is watch us on Facebook at daily.fish.5. Watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can check us out on YouTube. We're also on Wingding TV and Hey Vegas TV. Go to heyvegastv.com. But you can listen to us. You don't have to look at us. You can go to Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. 
And all those channels also have some of our interviews on there. Hopefully we're going to have that again. And uh, hey, you know what? I know as we're going out here, another comedic actor who's really doing good in dramas is another one of our guests, Richard Kind. Yeah. Yeah, what for? We're a little late here, but I got to show you this. This just, just came to me and I had to get it on there. Check out this. <laughs> Congratulations, Spelling Bee Champion. First, Emma Ruiz, really? second. Congratulations, Congratulations Spelling Bee Champinos. Champinos. <laughs> I hope the guy wasn't, wasn't doing I spoke congratulations. Oh, my God. That's so fucking great. Hey, John, before we go, I'm going to be a little later here. Pick up Nike Dog. You have Nike Dog there? Yep. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna gonna have the dog say goodbye today. Hey, buddy. Come here. You're going to say goodbye. You're going to say goodbye hey, to Molly. daily. Molly. Molly. Look at Molly looking up. Molly, say goodbye. Hey, say buddy. Say goodbye. Woof, 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 woof. Best. 